You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Daily Tip on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Third hour of the show starts right now on the BetQL Network. I'm Chelsea Messenger. She's Kate Constable filling in for Jenks today. Here's what's on the docket. If you stick with us throughout the next hour, we'll take our first look at week 18 in the NFL. There are plenty of landmines to navigate as there are plenty of teams that don't have anything to play for. There are teams that are resting starters. And also we are looking at maybe some players who are hoping to get some incentives locked up on their contracts by hitting some milestones this uh, week in the National Football League. Then in A20, our first look at Washington and Michigan squaring off in the College Football Championship. It's a four and a half point line. I just saw the line this morning because the game just finished up, you know, while we were sleeping last night, if you missed it. It's Washington and Michigan swearing off in the national championship game. And then finally, we have saved our best for last. We will be bringing you our best bets of the entire slate at 840 on the show. Kate, I was looking at some of these teams. And obviously, when you see the line and some of these quote-unquote better teams getting points, it means that they're going to be resting their starters. Mm -hmm. We see this every year in the NFL because they're gearing up for the postseason. But I was just thinking about this. Do you think it's always a good thing for teams to rest starters and go into the postseason, you know, a little rusty? Because we see this in sports all the time. Like teams that catch fire down the stretch, like especially in baseball, like the World Series is a classic example Mm -hmm. of a team that has a long layoff. They sit around, they kind of lose some momentum. And then this team that has to go the harder route you know, swoops in and knocks them off as underdogs. Do you think it's ever a bad thing to arrest your starters in week 18 of the NFL? Uh, I think in some sports, yes. I feel like in the NFL, at the end of the season, I mean, these players are so banged up that a lot of them need that extra rest in order to kind of feel rejuvenated going into the postseason. So I don't think it's as big of a deal Uh, in the NFL as it is maybe in some other sports. Um, But yeah, momentum is, I mean, the Rams with all the momentum in the world right now, like if I'm Sean McVay, I don't necessarily want a couple weeks off before the playoffs. I want to, you know, go in next weekend and play. Um, So kind of depends team to team, I think. But for the most part, I think getting that extra little bit of rest especially if any of those players are dealing with like lingering injuries, that's going to be huge in allowing them to be fully healthy going into the postseason. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of with it. 
Yeah, I think that's the obvious answer. It's just you're always like digging and looking for other reasons because that's why we're seeing the lines is a lot of these coaches are opting mm-hmm. not to play their starters because I think worst case scenario, what happens if you play your starters, you don't need to, and your starter gets hurt. Like that's what you yeah. don't want. And I think Brandon Staley has done that before and we all clowned him for it as we should. Brandon <laughs> Staley deserves to get clowned. Uh, so let's look at some of these lines and we will spell out the scenarios for you. I know this is a lot of homework. It's kind of like watching Game of Thrones where you kind of need a notepad and say, okay, isn't this person related to this person? Why are they hooking up? Okay, it's Game of Thrones, whatever. I guess I anything goes. Game of Thrones. <laughs> really? You don't watch it? No, it's too much before bed. I want to turn on something where my mind doesn't have to think. Game of Thrones, you're right. I do need a notepad. I can't keep all of that straight, especially when they're all hooking up with their family members. It makes everything even more confusing. I think the number one reason why I watched Game of Thrones was not simply because of the plot. It was because it was during the time where everybody was watching Game of Thrones. Yeah. Because doesn't it feel like there are very few shows and movies that we all watch together at the same time? I think this is why sports are still amazing because we are still reacting in live time to something that we are all experiencing at the same time. Like nobody has these games on DVR and is like live tweeting them. And if you are, you shouldn't because that's not good content. If you are, you're weird. Yeah. I mean, that, that (laughs) is, I I missed the boat on um, joining the, the country and watching game of Thrones at that time. So when I went back to watch it later, like it just wasn't as fun, but I mean, when everyone during the pandemic was watching uh, the last dance, like how amazing was that? Literally everyone watching, waiting all week for the same show to come on. It's fantastic. doesn't get any better than that. Yeah. And that's why sports still reign supreme in my mind. Mm-hmm. It is the last great live sporting event or live uh, television event. I feel like that we still have. All right, so let's look at week 18 and let's spell out some of the scenarios. Let's look towards the AFC North because we just touched on this. Baltimore uh, is one of those teams that looks to be resting starters and that's why they're getting three and a half points against the Steelers. Total of 38 and a half here. So the Ravens have clinched the number one seed in the AFC. The Steelers actually need to win and they are depending on some help from the Bills. They need the Bills to lose or the Jags to lose as well in order to secure a berth in the postseason. But the Steelers are one of those teams that I still don't know if I want to trust their offense. Isn't this one of the cases where I would not be shocked if the Steelers lose this game outright, even if the Ravens are sitting players? Like, hasn't their offense been that bad? Like, I know they went on the road and secured a big win for Mike Tomlin, but still... This is a Steelers team that I definitely don't want to trust as favorites. Yeah, this is tough. And I've seen this line even up to four at some places. That that makes me a little nervous, especially with such a low total. Like then you're mm-hmm. thinking that this is a, kind of a one-sided game, all Pittsburgh, but I'm not sure um, that's going to happen with this offense and, and how they've performed this season, like just struggling to put up numbers. I guess you look at their last two games, 34 against Cincy, 30 against uh, Seattle. So maybe with Mason Rudolph, things are turning the corner a little bit, but you still have a very good Baltimore team. Like, yeah, Lamar Jackson probably isn't going to play in this one. They're probably going to rest some of their uh, position players. 
but then you have the, the same kind of notion of like, then you have the backups coming in who haven't played a whole lot and want to show what they can do. And they're going to try. I mean, it's not like they're not going to try in this game and just let Pittsburgh do whatever they want. So four, three and a half, four, whatever that number is, depending on where you're getting it. I kind of think you take the points with the Ravens, especially Ravens being at home. I mean, this is still a divisional matchup and, and those games are oftentimes very close uh, and hard-fought games. So I, I think you take the Ravens, even though this game doesn't mean anything to them. I think this is an important point to make. Just because a team needs to win for a playoff spot doesn't mean that they're going to win. Didn't we see this last year? Was it with the Packers? We were talking about this game mm -hmm. earlier. The Packers, yeah, Packers and Lions. to get in, and they didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the that's the same scenario this week with the Bears going to Green Bay. I mean, the Bears, mm -hmm. their season's over. They're not playing for anything. They're out of the playoffs. But they want to ruin the, the, the night for the Packers because if the Packers lose this game, they're not in the postseason. So Bears looking to play spoiler. I, I think I would take the Bears on the road. Would I take the Bears? Yeah, I think so. I think I would. Um because the, the the Packers have been kind of up and down. Yeah, they've won their last two mm -hmm. games, but like, and you trust them to string together three, four great performances. No, you really haven't been able to all season. Um, and with the mo motivation behind the Bears wanting to ruin the Packers season, just like the Lions did last year, I think that's enough for, for uh, you to back the road team in a divisional game. I think there are certain teams that you back as underdogs and certain teams that you do not back as favorites. And the Packers kind of fit that bill for me. If they're getting points, I'm in. It's a team with kind of, I'm not going to say a high ceiling, but I do feel like when they're getting points, they can hang around and at least keep it close or, you know, blow out the other team like we saw against the Vikings. But as favorites, I don't think I'm going to go down that road. Same with the Steelers. I will take them when they're getting points, but as favorites, no thank you. Don't trust them that much. Speaking of teams you don't trust, look at, let's look at this huge game in the NFC South. This is a game that I don't really want to watch, but Tampa Bay does win the NFC South with a win over the Panthers. So is that enough for you to back the, the Bucks here? Minus five and a half? Yes. In that scenario, yes, it is. Because the Panthers are awful. Like, the Panthers are not winning this game. Uh, you have some motivation. You have quite a bit of motivation for this Tampa Bay team to go into Carolina and and get the win. And Baker Mayfield has played really well this season. Like, I mean, he, I believe, has the third shortest odds for comeback player of the year behind Amar Hamlin and Joe Flacco, who's passed him. But Baker Mayfield's kind of resurrected his career in, in Tampa Bay. And uh, I think that with the motivation of win and you're in against the Panthers team, like if the Bucks don't go into Carolina and beat the brakes off the Panthers, like they don't deserve to be in the playoffs. Plus this is a gaining a little momentum going into the postseason. If you can put up a very good performance against a, a team that you should have a good performance against, like that would uh, give the Tampa Bay a little bit more momentum going into that wild card game. So that's a scenario where I am comfortable laying the points with uh, Baker Mayfield and the Bucks. Normally in the betting world, you try to look at the teams that everybody has left for dead and say, okay, can I make a case for this team? I think it's really hard to do that for the Carolina Panthers. Like, yeah. I think they are far and away the worst team in the NFL. And so it's either a no play for me or I'm taking Tampa Bay. 
I don't think you can talk me in to taking the Carolina Panthers there. There is a big game or a couple of big games in the AFC South, the other division that a lot of people probably don't care about, uh, but surprisingly so, the Colts can win a game and they win the AFC South. I feel like this is a Colts team that nobody talks about and, you know, for good reason. They're not ex- especially exciting. But still, they're squaring off of the Texans this week who do have C.J. Stroud back, so I don't think it's necessarily going to be an easy one. But they are playing at home, and they're one-and-a-half-point favorites here. Do you think the Texans are worth a look with C.J. Stroud back in the mix? Or do you think, once again, this is a Colts team that's kind of flying under the radar Uh, And maybe there's some value there taking the Colts at home. The Colts certainly have been flying under the radar um, this season. And so that is always something that I like, like to look at and typically back teams that are under the radar because that's not the way everyone else in the world is looking at this game. But in this scenario, I mean, the Texans have already lost to the Colts once this season. So you get a little bit of a revenge factor there. And CJ Stroud being back is huge. I I mean, what Mm -hmm. he's done this season in turning this uh, Texans organization around has been spectacular. So with Stroud back in the fold, I think, I I mean, I'm going to side with the Texans here. I think the Texans just win this game outright, despite it being on the road. But uh, this is going to be a a very good one because you win and you're in for both of these teams. And also the division, is that what you said? That's up for grabs in this one as well? Yeah, the Texans win and they need um, the Jags to lose as well. So the Texans will be big fans of my Tennessee Titans this week. However, my Tennessee Titans have no business winning games right now because right now I think the goal is a higher draft pick so I don't think I would count on that so it's kind of stacked against the Texans but still they want to do their part you know in case some chaos ensues in Tennessee and the Titans do win that game over the Jaguars when you look at the rest of these games that we have here on the rundown are there any other ones that kind of pique your interest um, the Cowboys at the Commanders, like I, I think the Cowboys are going to win that game easily, but they haven't been great at covering the number, especially on the road. And so 13 and a half, that's a really, that's a big number for the Cowboys. Like, I, I mean, it's disgusting to say, but I would almost lean towards taking the points with the Commanders. And that's more so just to fade over the Cowboys and how, how they performed on the road and covering big spreads. Um, so that game stands out a little. Obviously, the Bills and Dolphins is going to be a huge, huge game. Bills or Dolphins, rather, getting some points at home, getting a field goal at home. I think that's given the Bills and uh, Josh Allen just a little bit too much credit at this point in the season. I know this last couple of weeks they've been great, but uh kind of a a sell high spot on buffalo for me in this game so i would be back in the dolphins at home i'm interested to see what we get out of the chiefs this week because i know the Mm -hmm. chiefs have nothing to play for and that is reflected in the line the chargers two point favorites here but do you think this chiefs (laughs) team needs to get like some things in order because to me it feels like you need to play some of your receivers and say hey you guys need to practice you need to practice not getting penalties and you need to practice catching the ball. Do you think we see the Chiefs trying to iron out some of their problems in this game? The Chiefs are certainly a team that could use momentum going into the postseason because right? they've been so all over the place this year. Like, yes, they're coming off of a win over the Bengals, a win and cover, 
but it wasn't all that pretty. So I, I know they're not going to play Patrick Mahomes. Travis Kelsey's probably not going to play. But to your point, yeah, maybe you try and keep in some of those receivers and at least build a little bit of momentum or their confidence a little bit more heading into the postseason because Chargers being a favorite, yikes, that's that's hard to bet on as well. <laughs> Ugh, what's going on with Travis Kelsey? Like, at some point, is he going to get back to putting up big numbers? I don't know. Uh, all right, speaking of numbers, we've got the first look at the national title game. Who's favored and the biggest matchup of the season next on The Daily Tip. The Daily Tip will be right back on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Welcome back to the Daily Tip on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. And we are back. It's the final hour here on the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. I'm Chelsea Messenger. She's Kay Constable, filling in for Jenks today. Uh, we have our first look at the national championship game. Of course, we had two thrillers of games in the college football playoff semifinal between Michigan and Alabama. That game going to overtime. It was Michigan outlasting the Crimson Tide in that one. And then for the late slate, we had Washington and Texas. And the passing game for Washington could not be stopped. Uh, it was down to the final minute. Texas did have one last final try at tying up this game, but fell just short. And Washington advances. Uh, as the team that had the longest odds to win the national championship. So now we have Michigan squaring off with Washington. And once again, Washington getting four and a half points against Michigan. Total of 55 and a half over a bet MGM. We now have this line posted. So, Kate, do you feel like this line is too high? Because that was my first reaction was, oh, we're doing this again. We're giving Washington four and a half points. We're doing this. Oh, okay. Looks like I'll be taking the bait. Yeah, I think this is way too high, but this is what we've seen all season. Washington getting a little disrespected in the market, and that's kind of what's fueled them to this point. I mean, they've talked a lot about how they've used the whole underdog role, kind of our underdog mentality to motivate them. And, and prove people wrong. And they're going to have another chance to do that uh, on Monday in the national championship game. But uh, yeah, I would grab Washington at four and a half right now. Uh, the way this passing attack is, and I mean, Michigan early in that game against Alabama, they were able to get to Jalen Milrow, but that stopped at halftime. And they, you know, second half, it wasn't the same story. If they can't get to Penix, like Penix is going to have, a field day against uh, this mission Michigan secondary. So it's up to, to wash to Michigan rather their defensive line to put a lot of pressure on Penix. But if they're unable to do that, then I don't see a path in which Michigan's able to slow down the Huskies. So I would have to, yeah, take Washington all day. I would even take Washington on the money line. I think they win this one. I hope so. I'm kind of rooting for chaos uh, because yeah. the matchup against Jalen Milrow is so different than the matchup against Michael Penix Jr. And think about the last play in overtime for Alabama, which it looked like they pretty much committed to Jalen Milrow just running it up the middle. 
Like, you're going to have to defend more than that when you're playing Michael Penix Jr. and company. It just feels like it is a lot harder to defend uh, a team like Washington in the red zone when you have so many good receiving options. And it should be noted that Michael Penix Jr. did scamper for a few yards in that game as well. So it just feels like a much tougher offensive matchup uh, for Michigan here. Do you think nerves will be a factor in the national championship game? Because that's one thing that kind of surprised me about the Rose Bowl game is that both teams, it feels like they looked nervous, which is surprising because it's Alabama and Michigan. It's not like these kids have never played in a big game before. But did you think there were some nerves showing in the Rose Bowl? There certainly looked like some early on. I mean, J.J. McCarthy is first drive of the game, and he almost gets picked when he hadn't thrown an interception or he had rather only thrown two interceptions in his last 10 games first drive of the game and almost turns the ball over. So yeah. And then with the special teams, like a lot of issues there and maybe the confidence on that special teams unit is a little shaky right now. I I would say that you saw much more nerves from that Rose bowl game than you did the sugar bowl. Like Washington uh, went out on that field without any nerves at all. And that's kind of how they've played all season because they are the underdog. Like they, they kind of play with that um, backs up against the wall, nothing to lose mentality. Uh, Despite, being, I mean, really good this season, undefeated, but still kind of always in that underdog role that I don't think you're going to see many nerves from the Huskies. I think if anything, it's it's Michigan because the stakes are, I mean, can you say the stakes are a little bit higher for them just because they were projected to be in, in the championship early on in the season? Like this is the best Michigan team that Jim Harbaugh has ever had. So for them to, to lose this national championship would be like a massive, massive letdown where Washington, if they lose, like it's still considered a great season, right? I mean, they weren't supposed to be here at the start of the year. They were supposed to be really good. Were they going to be national championship caliber good? Not as uh, high hopes on them as, as Michigan had. So I think, yeah, if you see any nerves in this championship game early on, it's likely to come once again from the Wolverines. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline especially because their special teams was so bad in that game. And like you said, it's not like the special teams has been an issue all season long, but still that has to linger in their minds when, you know, the stakes are even higher in the national championship game. It doesn't feel like it's going to get easier. I felt like this was a good indicator of how low the market has been on Washington and just how little hype that Washington has gotten when they were talking to the head coach of Washington, Kalen DeBoer. I don't think I've said his name on our show maybe more than once. Like, I think most people were watching this game, and I would not be shocked if most people had no idea what the name of Washington's head coach is. I feel like that's a team that's flying under the radar, and that is one great example of how you can kind of say, see, nobody knows about this team. Yeah, I mean, Caleb DeBoer and Michael Penix Jr., really both of them, like, all they do is win. 
and you're right. It's still not a team that's talked about a ton. I mean, I, I, I forget the exact stat, but I, it's 20, 20 wins and two losses between uh, with the two of them at Washington over the last two seasons. So like they don't lose football games and yet they're still kind of the team that isn't talked about much. And even if you look at the coverage last night between the Rose Bowl game and the Sugar Bowl game, and I know the Rose Bowl went into overtime, so it cut into the Sugar Bowl coverage a little bit, but that Rose Bowl game was hyped up so much more than that Sugar Bowl game. And that just kind of goes to show you have an Alabama-Michigan playoff game. Yeah, it's probably going to attract a few more eyeballs than a Washington-Texas because Washington's out in the Pac-12. People go to bed. They don't watch a lot of those games. Uh, But it was definitely reflective in a lot of the coverage that we saw of the two games because it was Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl everywhere. And the Sugar Bowl was kind of the the afterthought uh, of those two matchups. Yeah, usually in the sports betting world, those are the teams that you look for. The teams that are good, but people don't really realize it. And when we were doing like college football playoff odds earlier in the year, that's why I think a lot of us were looking at the Pac-12 and saying, hey, this is a conference that people don't really respect or watch. So maybe you can get some added value on a team coming out of the Pac-12. So here you go. Uh, Now it is Washington. But is there a case for Michigan here? Because we also need to take a look at both sides. And I will say there is plenty of room for improvement for Michigan, (laughs) namely on the special teams. If they can clean up some of those errors, this is still one of the best offensive lines in the country. And when they get that run game going with Blake Corum, they can be incredibly hard to stop. And like one of the ways that you stop a great offense that you're going against Keep those offensive players off the field for as long as you possibly can. So is there a scenario in which you see Michigan winning this game? Because I think both of us are kind of sold on Washington. But just to entertain the other side of the coin, how does Michigan win this game? Yeah, I mean, you have to look at that that side if you're going to be betting any game is is Mm -hmm. how does Washington lose this game? Like, what's the case in Washington losing this game? And that's a massive game by Blake Corum, Michigan's running back. I mean, uh, what, 118 scrimmage yards, two touchdowns yesterday. He now has the career rushing touchdowns record at Michigan with 56. Like, if you let Blake Corum loose, which Washington's defense has not been its strength this season, So if this is a lower scoring game where Washington's offense is contained a little, then I think Michigan certainly has uh, the advantage here because they're going to be stopping Washington, that means, obviously. Um, And I'm not sure Washington's defense is going to be able to slow down uh, Blake Corum all that much. So I I certainly think that there's a path for Michigan. Cleans up its special teams and kind of reverts back to how it has been in in so good at taking care of the ball and not having many penalties and things like that. That's kind of been the Michigan team we've seen uh, thus far. And then in that first half, I mean, uh, what was it? Five sacks on Jalen Milrow in the first half yesterday. Like if that Michigan defensive line comes up uh, big in this one and and can, can kind of replicate that first half, I think Michigan certainly has a chance to win this game. Um, and maybe they win and, and and Washington covers. Like, that's also a path, too. So, that, I mean, can't count out that, um, that possibility. And then, yeah, in, in our chat here, time of possession, ball control, those are all things that Michigan can kind of uh, rely on to be in control of this game. Right. You keep the playmakers off the field. 
But I think mm -hmm. the other sabotage factor is look at how well Michael Penix Jr. and that offense played last night, and yet they still almost lost the game. Like, think yep. about that for a second. Michael Penix Jr. threw for over 400 yards, but yet this game was decided in like the final minute. And it was up to the defense to make a play. And I will say they did. But like you said, this Washington defense has kind of been the soft spot for this team. So I think there is a lane in which Michigan wins. And there's a reason that they're favorites. You know, they've been, quote unquote, the I don't even want to say that, though. Like, do you think they've been the better team all all season long? Because in the eyes of the committee, Michigan has been higher ranked for most of the year. Mm -hmm. But do you think they've been the better team? It's hard to say that when Washington's ran the table. Michigan's schedule was a little soft this season, so I think you have to take that into account. But Washington also played a lot of one-score games down the stretch where they didn't look mm -hmm. as dominant. So it's kind of how do you weigh those two factors of Michigan, maybe their schedule – Michigan looking more dominant because their schedule is a little softer versus Washington kind of um, squeaking by in a couple of those games. And I think that's probably why the Wolverines have the edge in terms of the committee's eyes. And I, I do think that this Michigan, both offensive and defensive lines for Michigan have been some of the best that we've seen um, for the Wolverines in quite some time. I also think Jim Harbaugh, showed yesterday like he's going to be aggressive in these the games like he's he's ready to go win this I mean fourth and what was it fourth and two um with three timeouts left at the end of the game and most coaches would punt and and use their three timeouts try and get the ball back rely on their defense to do so and um and and then you know try and score a touchdown with a minute left no he was not about to do that he was ready to go win that football game and that move I mean Colin uh, fourth and two and and not just giving the ball back to Alabama like that led to Michigan's touchdown which um, tied the game so you're seeing a very aggressive play calling in, with Jim Harbaugh which I think is um, a, I mean a, a positive for this Michigan team like sometimes it's good not to just have to play it safe it, until you run a flea flicker and it goes the wrong way because <laughs> there were some questionable calls, I will say, uh, from yes. Michigan's offense in that game. So it wasn't all good, but some people have equated this Washington team to the TCU of this year, you know, a team that kind of yeah. gets hot, kind of comes out of nowhere. I don't think it's really the case because you look at Michael Penix Jr., he's not the same thing as Max Duggan. Like one of these quarterbacks will go to the NFL – and it's not Max Duggan. So I don't see that kind of comparison holding up here. Like, I don't think there's a scenario in which Washington gets the break speed off of them. I do think they deserve to be here. I think it's more than just them winning close games because I think that's where the comparison starts. You mention it. Washington has played in a lot of tight games, and the pendulum has gone in their favor. They've won all these games. Clearly, they're undefeated. So usually in sports, when you have a game that wins a, or a team that wins a lot of close games, eventually the pendulum will swing the other way. And we saw that with TCU last year uh, in the national championship. But do you think that's the case for this Washington team, that their luck's going to run out? No, because I don't think they're winning based. I don't think it's been luck. They, they have a number of NFL players on their roster mm -hmm. right now. And that's why their offense has been 
So good. Um, no, I don't think that this is a team that's relying on luck. Plus, they have played in a lot of really close games this year, which maybe is going to benefit them in this game. If it's close down the stretch, I might trust Washington a little bit more than Michigan because Washington has been there this year in playing all of those one-score games. So I think, if anything, and maybe I'm sounding like totally biased on Washington because I have loved them all season. Um, but there's a lot of positives on this Huskies team that I think they're getting a little disrespected with this line. I think it's fine because I think we're going to see a lot of bias going the other way. You know, when you see the big media names talking about mm-hmm. Michigan, we all know Desmond Howard is going to be all over. Michigan's going to win, <laughs> but of course uh, he went to Michigan. So I think it's fine and I think it's warranted. This is not a lucky Washington team. This is a good Washington team. So I think both of us initially will be taking the points in the national championship game. We'll see how it unfolds. Uh, Coming up next, we've saved our best for last. Our best bets of the day are coming your way because it's time to make some money. Enough with the talk. Let's put our money where our mouth is. That's next on The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. The Daily Tip will be right back on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Welcome back to the Daily Tip on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. The final segment of today's Daily Tip. On a Tuesday, coming up next on BetQL Daily, Michael Felder joins the program to talk some college football. Of course, we had two amazing college football playoff semifinal games. If you missed anything on our show today, don't worry, we got you. Just download the podcast. Just search uh, for The Daily Tip wherever you get your podcast, or you can just search BetMGM. We are one of the first shows that pop up. I'm Chelsea Messenger. She's Kate Constable filling in for Jinx today. Uh, Kate, what's on the docket today? We already know that you don't have any Christmas decorations to take down because <laughs> there were none in the first place. So I will say that probably alleviates a lot of stress this time of year. But what you doing today? Um, I got to make it to the gym today. I have taken like Damn. a three week break from the gym. Um, not on, well, kind of on purpose. Yeah, I know. Once I get out of my workout routine, getting back in is like the most daunting thing ever. Cause I just know I'm going to be sore and it's just going to suck. And I'm going to be like, it's just, I hate getting out of my gym routine for that reason. But, uh, I'm out of it now, like big time. So I have to get to the gym. I'm going to be doing a little writing for Beckfield.com from my favorite place of the day. So you can check those out up on the website go over to beckql.com a little later this afternoon and then i just gotta you know do some cleaning get some laundry done like just get my life back in order after the new year because uh, we had some friends in town for new year's that stayed with us um so getting just my life back in order is kind of what's on deck for today yeah same i need to get back to the gym it's only been three days for me but it feels like an eternity 
Because like the Feels gym wasn't open food. yesterday. Yeah. Um. So it's like it's 37 degrees out, and normally I'll say, okay, I'll just go for a run outside, but it's very cold, and I hate that feeling of like an elephant sitting on your chest when you're running outside, and then there's just like snot running down your face. Oh. Yep. I don't want to run when yeah. it's cold. No, I do not do run that. outside when it's cold. It like hurts my chest. And then I don't know if this happens to you. I think this is, I've said this to someone else and they looked at me like I had like 17 heads. I can't stop sneezing the rest of the day if I run outside when it's cold. Does that ever happen to you? No, that's definitely a you thing. Okay. <laughs> I, it's I don't think that's like, normal. I just, I sneeze all day. It's insane. So that's my excuse for not running outside when it's cold. I guess then I just go to the gym and, um, you know, do a little treadmill. Yeah, it sounds like you're allergic to running outside. Like, you have a valid excuse. Like, I, I still a, yeah. can run outside. I'm not going to enjoy it. And, like, maybe I'll do it. But I don't have a good excuse like that. So maybe I should go run outside in this beautiful 37-degree weather what a day and what a month god i hate january we've got to get something yeah. lifting our spirits and maybe it will be us making money on some bets today so now it's time for who we have the most faith in today time to place your bets all right kate since you are the guest host you get to go first so give us your favorite bet of the day it's one bet one bet only your favorite bet one bet and one bet only. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. I am going to go with that makes it a little bit tougher. Yikes. Um this I'm gonna go with time. Yeah, this is. Oh man. Um Do you want me to go first go the... and you can decide? Nope. nope. I'm gonna go with the uh Chicago Bulls. Uh I'm gonna go against the Chicago Bulls. I'm gonna take Philly minus mm. ten and a half. They've been beat by the Bulls twice this season. No Nikola Vucevic for the Bulls. No Tory Craig for the Bulls. No Zach Levine. That might be a positive without Zach Levine. But if Joel Embiid is back in this game, and that is an if. I'm only playing this game if Embiid is back. But the line suggests at 10.5 that he will be back in this one. So I'm taking Philly at home against Chicago. Land the points. Yeah, it should be an easy matchup for Joel Embiid. No matter how healthy he is without Nikola Vucevic, in the middle nobody's stopping Joel Embiid all right best bet of the day for me I'm gonna look towards college hoops and I'm gonna take SIU Southern Illinois University laying five and a half against Belmont yes I know everybody is on the edge of their seats waiting for this game (laughs) but listen uh if you look at Bartorvik if you look at Kimpom both of these sites have this line way higher than five and a half Bartorvik has it at 10 uh Kimpom has it at eight And I'm wondering what the discrepancy is, because I think when you look at Belmont, a team that prides themselves on being a really good shooting team, you take that team when they are playing at home, not away from home, when they're playing on different rims, and it's been a long layoff. I don't think they've played since like December 20th. Plus, the last time these two teams met, SIU as five-point favorites at home beat the brakes off Belmont last year, 63-45. Because all the things that Belmont does really well, SIU does them just as well or even better because Belmont's a good shooting team, like I said. SIU, a good shooting team as well. 33rd nationally in effective field goal percentage. 
and 16th nationally in three-point percentage. Also, they're playing at home. Uh, and the one bugaboo for Belmont when it comes to their offense, even though they're good shooters, they are terrible at getting offensive rebounds. They rank 339th in the nation. So they got to make their shots in the first attempt because they're not getting many second chances. So I like SAU in this spot. 7-1 and one this year as favorites. 8-1 and one at home. I will take the Salukis at home laying five and a half as huh, my best bet. That was a lot of information I had to put out there. Uh, speaking of information, let's go to the third member of our best bets crew to see if the eight ball likes our bets. Let us gaze upon the glorious magic eight ball. Shall it fade or tail these noble betters? <laughs> All right, eight ball, you've had your little vacation. It's time to get back on the right side. Do you like our plays today? So, eight ball, we'll start with Kate's play, which is the Sixers laying 10 and a half against the Bulls. Do we like it? Most likely, says the eight ball. Ooh, That's I like one. that, eight ball. I like that. How about two for two? Uh, SIU laying okay. five and a half against Belmont in college hoops. Eight ball, do we like this one? Concentrate and ask again. I'm not concentrating, but I will ask again. A-Ball says, uh, most likely, I will take it. Okay. That is two for two, my hey. friends. And so, Kate, likely. I know you had another play that you liked. What is it? Enlighten us. Yes. Um, I do. It's another big, big favorite, a chalky play, but I like the Memphis Grizzlies tonight laying 11 and a half against the San Antonio Spurs. When the Spurs lose, they lose big. Um, so Memphis has lost its last three games. This is like a perfect get right spot if there is one. Coming in, uh, both of these teams semi-rested, haven't played since uh, New Year's Eve and the Grizzlies just need a win. They need a good bounce back win. They've played some tough teams lately. Yes, they did lose to the Kings, but the Kings are a decent team. Lost to the Clippers and the Nuggets. I think this is a spot where Memphis can win big. So I like them to cover, but I also like their team total to go over 23 and a half because the Spurs have given up some big numbers lately. 134 points in each of their last two games. 144 to Dallas uh, within their last five games. Like, Spurs are giving up big numbers. So I like Memphis kind of all sorts of different ways in this game tonight. Yeah, the Spurs have not been good. It has been fun watching Wimby progress. But in the meantime, the Spurs have not been winning games and not even covering those numbers. It's time now for our BetQL five-star best bets of the day. For inside analysis, historical trends, and more five-star best bets, you can download the bet. QL app. Just search back QL wherever you get your apps. Plays of the day would be the Blackhawks and the Preds under six and a half goals and the Red Wings and the Sharks under six and a half goals. Yeah. Hey, do you bet on hockey? Like, I'm not going to lie. I have no feeling on either of these bets. Nope. Uh, I really cannot. I don't even want to like try and give out anything because I'm not knowledgeable enough <laughs> on hockey to be um telling people how to bet so don't listen to me when it comes to hockey because all i do if i do bet it is just overs but these uh, five-star plays leaning towards the under so hey trust the model in this one i guess 
Yeah, I got no feeling. Uh, no feeling when it comes to the NHL. I do bet on the Preds occasionally because they're the hometown Nashville team. But I think mm-hmm. every time I've bet on the Preds, they always lose. So I won't be doing that anymore <laughs> and throwing away my money. Let's find out what's coming up next on BetQL Daily and bring in Joe O. Joe O, good morning. Uh, I like how you leave us all waiting until you turn on your camera in the final seconds. How was your holiday? Well, do you find it annoying um, when guests are sitting there staring at you and you're trying to talk into your show? That's why I wait until the last second. I'm I'm already checking. No, I don't find it annoying. I know they're waiting to come on our show. I which do. Is I'm not like, why, why are they judging us? I'm like, what, why'd they make that? Why are they rolling their eyes? I'm like, are they getting mad? I'm like, uh, yeah. So yeah, I'll pop on last second. Obviously big reaction to uh, everything that happened last night uh, with both games. We waited through all that for a couple of great matchups and uh, man, I'm, I'm happy Jenks is not going through it this morning on the air. I think that was a good call. Like give him a breather, get a little bit of time before he comes back. Um, but yeah, that was terrific catch up with everything in NFL. I know everybody get getting back in the flow. Uh, Michael Felder will be joining us to talk about college football and preview the national championship next week. That sounds uh, like a, a pretty packed show. Uh, Joe, did you win or lose any money last night? Were you on the right side in those games? So on the day, uh, I was on the right side. It was a two in one day lost on Bama. I had the over in the late one with Washington and Texas. And then, man, I was sweating it with Iowa, Tennessee. I'm like, what am I even doing? Oh, here? my God. Oh, you got on that game? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, oh, yeah. What are you doing? Well, I won, um, but I was okay. very mad at Josh Heupel. I was very mad because, <laughs> Kate, like, I don't know if you guys were mad. Like, Iowa fans are mad at, at the end, but it looked yeah. like, I'm like, you're up 35 to nothing. Why are you trying to score with less than a minute left when they could have just uh, taken these? Yeah, that was that was a sweat. It was and a terrible yeah. game for Iowa. Yes. Ugh. that game they had it on. I'm like, can we get this off the screen? I don't want to watch this anymore. <laughs> but clearly, somebody was interested in the final minute of that game. And his name is Joe. Uh, all right, that does it for our program here on the Daily Tip. I'm Chelsea Messenger, Kate Constable. Great job of filling in. We will see you guys bright and early tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. in the East. Have a great Tuesday. You've been listening to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. If you missed any of the show, listen back anytime on the new and improved Odyssey app.